Good evening. You are listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I am your host for the day, Troy Goodfellow. Joining me today is regular panelist and master of the war games, our good friend, Dr. Bruce Garrick. How are you, Bruce? Hello, gamers. I never stop sending a shiver up my spine. Mm-hmm. Spines. <laughs> and joining us today is an old friend uh, who I... Glad to finally have on the show. He's had a long career in the industry uh, in design, production, development, uh, and war games are one of his special little hobbies. Uh, old friend Rod Humble. Rod, glad we could finally get you on the show. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Today we're going to talk about a new war game uh, from VR Designs, published by Slytherin Matrix, as are so many war games uh, these days. They're kind of the number one people out there. And this is uh, Decisive Campaigns Barbarossa. This is um, a game about uh, yet another game about the Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union. Um, and it has a few interesting things going for it that we think uh, raise it above that's separated, I guess, from many other games that deal with this uh, period. And it's, I hope we can talk a little bit about the implications uh, of some of the design decisions. So, uh, Rob, let's start with you, since you're the guest. Um, as you were playing through Decisive Campaigns, Barbarossa, can you explain what separates it, what the USP, the unique sales properties, are for this game? Yeah, I think that the um, one of the unique properties is that it, it, it does give you a role. Um, you are either uh, Halder on the German side, Chief of Staff, or um, uh, uh, Nazi Germany on the Eastern Front, uh, or you're Stalin on the Soviet side, and you have uh, political choices and um, uh, interpersonal choices to make during the campaign. So you might do something that pisses off your fellow generals or somebody else within um, the Reich, if you're playing on the German side. Um, or you may make the wrong decision on which of your generals to purge or to allocate your troubleshooters on the Russian side. So it, it combines a, a political element which is uncommon in war games on top of a pretty hardcore hex and counter strategy game of the Barbarossa uh, campaign, or the, the first few months anyway. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Bruce, since you're the war game historian, let's talk a bit about the political decision aspect, which I think is really the interesting thing going oh, it's on very here interesting, uh, yes. in the game. Um, are there many other games that pose these types of decisions, others that you've run into? Uh, in your long career writing about and playing these sorts of games. Yeah, I have, and uh, our guest has designed one. Guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I, I'd actually want to throw this back to, to Rod a little bit, or maybe we can talk to him yeah. a little bit later. I just I want to get his impression on this. I, I mean, I don't really feel that there are many games that do this. I, I can't, off the top of my head, I, I can't think of one. Um, but uh, it, it's just very weird. There are a lot, there are a lot of weird things about this. I'm, uh, some of them I like, some of them I don't. Um, but uh, Rod, t tell us. You know, you're you're you wrote, you made a game, very interesting game, uh, Stavka OKH, uh, and 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 that was almost entirely about making decisions, right? Yes. Now yeah. describe you describe the game a little bit and what you were thinking, because I think it really ties into this very well. 
So it, it's a game where you are, um, you first of all, you don't get a choice which side to play. Mm-hmm. And you are um, somebody who is a little bit below Holder and Stalin, uh, mm-hmm. but above the generals in one of the regimes. And you basically, you, you're the person who is approving the plans to bring to Hitler or Stalin, basically. Mm-hmm. And each turn, you get various choices on which plan to put forward to further your career and survival prospects after the war. Um, and then the um, dictator in question can either accept your plans, in which case you'll get some of the credit or the blame, mm-hmm. or can overrule the plans that you've suggested, in which case mm-hmm. they'll take the credit or the blame. Right. Um, and that's kind of the game. It, it, it doesn't have much of a wargaming aspect. It, it, it's right. very much right. actually a, a game about how it feels to have not much choice in a pretty bad situation. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's the game I made uh, a few yeah. years ago. Um, and yeah, it was designed it, specifically to, I, I, obviously I love war games. I love Eastern Front games so mm-hmm. much, but um, mm-hmm. it got to a point where I looked at the lives of the, the people involved and no war game that I'd worked on actually reflected that. Like, you know, the, 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 the several on the German side went on to have very um, long and fruitful careers um, in NATO and other organizations, whereas those on the winning side, the Soviet side, ended up being executed or um, by Stalin afterwards. So it's this weird thing of how you can lose a war but survive or how just being part of a horrible situation, uh, which is what I, I, I like about this game. I think this game touches upon that a little bit, although possibly in, in, a, in a light manner rather than kind of sticking in your face, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely doesn't, it definitely, I think pulls some punches. The interesting thing about what you just commented about there was that the, um, you know, the, it happens that the, uh, you know, sociopathic uh, dictator uh, on the winning side survived and the one on the losing side died. So right. he wasn't able to carry out his, I'm sure that, uh, you know, if, if uh, Hitler had been in charge, um, of the winning side, he would have probably killed a lot of people too. But I guess the point is that, uh, you know, those, those German generals were kind of saved by the fact that, uh, they no longer had a, a psychopath, um, above them. Um, <clears throat> so this is a very interesting, uh, game just, but just so we know, has anybody played the other decisive campaign, how about decisive campaigns, um, like the, 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 the Warsaw, um, game, uh, I think it's Warsaw to Paris. Yeah. I've, I've dabbled with it. Uh-huh. I kind of like the Western Front more than I do the Eastern Front. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're uh, we, what? You're crazy, I Rod? Who is this guy? Wow, I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just like taking down the French. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, that's all right. So, um, so Rod, did you play that, or is this your first? I just wonder if this is this no. your first decisive battles game? No, this is my first decisive battles, okay. and I, I right. really it'll be that'll it. be interesting. Yeah. So, so it, this is this is a weird because um, uh, the first thing that I found odd is that. The and let's tell the listeners a little bit about what what's going on here. So you so you do have this very hardcore war game, uh, decisive, uh, decisive campaigns. I said decisive battles. I'm sorry, it's, it's decisive campaigns. Always see DC, DC, DC. Decisive campaigns is a um, is a system that's not really for the faint-hearted. It's it's sort of if you were to compare it, I think to um, to War in the East. What it does better, I think, than War in the East is that it sort of it puts all of the uh calculations out there for you for better or for worse sort of 
Um, I always felt that War in the East had a little bit too much under the hood. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think decisive campaigns at least sort of says, look, here are these 5 billion numbers, and this is minus this, and this is plus that, and this is whatever, and if you want to try to deal with this, then, then go for it. Um, War in the East doesn't quite give you – I remember when I was talking to uh, Joel Billings, and he, I asked, you know, could you have – you know, confirm some of these, these uh, things uh, about the combat system – he said, I don't think we really even are quite sure completely how that combat system works. I'm like, okay, great. Well, whatever. Um, so, but I, I mean, the, the, the point was that the game, to some extent, you know, you're sort of playing for effect. Here, I think you have more of a, a little bit more of an idea of what's going on, although it can be hard to really fight through these numbers. So if you're a, if you're a wargaming neophyte out there, um, don't, uh, don't pick this up thinking you're just going to sort of, you know, breeze through a... Um, a uh, a war game just sort of on feel. I think there's a little bit a uh, little bit more to the um, to the quantitative calculations that you have to make. But uh, as you said, uh, on, on sort of both you did that uh, on top of this layer is uh, of this war game is this really interesting um, political game, and the game is uh, telling you that uh, you have to deal with all sorts of stuff like. What Hitler wants, and uh, you know, I was I was joking before the podcast about you know I I I, uh, I find it a little odd playing a game in which one of the first things that I'm asked to do is click on a button or not that says support Hitler's plans wholeheartedly, right? Um, <laughs> right? So yeah. it's you know like okay, well I don't really do that, but I guess you know, but but if you do that, then it, things are are a lot easier. You know, you can you can make things difficult for yourself in this game by trying to tell people no and trying to make decisions based on what you think is best. Uh, and um, Rod, I think that's kind of kind of what your game was trying to show was that if you um, if you don't go along with something, you better hope that it doesn't work. And if you if you um, you know sort of support something or you you, you hitch your wagon to something, then you bet that thing better work out or you're not it's not gonna, you know, you, you don't achieve your objective, and I think that in this game, that's very. It's a, there's a very similar sort of uh, sort of feel. You know, you have to when you decide that you're going to, uh, you know, for example, tell Hitler that you think Moscow should be captured, uh, then you kind of better capture Moscow, um, or at least if you're going to put, if you're going to, you know, assign all your, um, you know, extra trucks to Army Group Center and do this and that and artillery and, and air power, then if it doesn't work out, then you've got problems. Um, and that's kind of it's 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 sort of like you're setting your own goals almost like, uh, you know, because the game does sort of uh, it plays out in terms of uh, how well you achieve the things that you're supposed to achieve. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think the one thing that um, I, I like I like that about it, I I do think it's um, unfortunate that the time scale is so is so limited because one of the things. I really enjoyed when I explored the topic is I love this switch on the German side where all of a sudden you realize, okay, the gig's up. Like uh, this can be usually 1943 or something. It's like, okay, we're not right. going to win. Mm-hmm. Now to how do I get out of this mess? Uh, <laughs> like uh-huh, like right. me personally, like, you know, my right. side's going to lose. Now how do I get out of it? And on the, I played the Russian side in divisive, uh, decisive campaigns. And mm-hmm. you know, obviously there's no, there's no such option there because you're Stalin, so you're kind of you're, you're all in, right? There's, there's no way you're going to get out of this. 
Right. Um, which I, I think is, is a shame, because that's an interesting dynamic. And certainly the, the Russian generals and chief of staff had that in mind during the first few years of the war, as they were starting to lose. And then the mm-hmm. German generals and staff had it in their mind in the later years of the war when they started to lose. So I, I, I think that I, I kind of wish that had been explored, but I do like the, the way it's currently implemented, particularly on the German side. It's very... It feels quite natural the way you're defining your own goals, as you say. You're you're saying I can I can name this tune in three, mm-hmm. so you'd bet you better name that tune in three. You know? Right, right, you know? right. So and the, go ahead. The, the opening the opening setup has this whole middle management politics side to it as well, where you have to make sure you have the right enemies and the right friends, because if the guy who's in charge of the trucks doesn't like you, you kind of the Germans kind of set up your character to begin with. You know? What the priorities you choose in the war, and will eventually decide what which other major officers like you, support you, want to undermine you, and this will affect a lot of your decisions all the way through. If, if the truck guy hates you, you've got to find a way to win this war with fewer trucks, because he's trying to take you down. And that's kind of an interesting. Um, I'm I'm quite sure I've I very rarely see that in strategy games let alone in a war game where the army isn't just stuff I move around. There are generals with their own priorities, and their attitudes towards me may have very little to do with the war itself. It could be based on some sort of history I set up at the beginning of the game. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it's uh, for sure. And, yeah. and, and I just kind of wonder a little bit about that, because it, it seems like, uh, you know, the... The way in this is the way this is set up. First of all, uh, that there's a big discontinuity between the way that the two sides are depicted, um, because when you are playing the uh, the Germans, you're playing this guy who's basically Hitler's lackey, right? Oh. But when you're playing the Russians, you're playing Stalin, and this this made made it very odd for me when i first started playing the game you know i, I just I, I of course just jumped into the into the german campaign and i was re, you know i read all the rules and i was looking about how this stuff kind of um uh put fit together and how you had all these you know objectives and uh how you know i i first t- i told hitler i wanted to uh you know attack moscow and of course he then he comes out with this uh with this um priority list in which moscow is the last on his list of things he wanted me to kill you know to uh capture stalingrad uh, or sorry stalingrad leningrad and uh and i thought oh gosh you know <clears throat> I, I i better you know i better capture moscow um and, and and capture leningrad and then all of a sudden i start the game and all the soviets start retreating and i think oh my gosh stalin is gonna <laughs> have them shot and then I played a, a Russian campaign, uh, and and Rod, since you played that extensively, you can speak to this. Yeah, there's no penalty for for retreating. No, no, there isn't. Yeah, there isn't. which I was I I started and I was like I was shocked. It said you know sit you know preserve uh, you know which city you're going to try to save. It's like there's nothing about no. saving. I should be counterattacking, and and yeah. that just seemed like. That seemed like a huge failure to me. I mean, I, there's a lot of other stuff that I do like about this, but but that I think that was a big failure. I feel like it didn't. Uh, once you can be sort of the the uber general, I mean, if you can just shoot people, then 
then a lot of that political decision making really doesn't seem to apply, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you can you can you can replace them on the Soviet side, but you're right. The if you're going to put me in the role of Stalin, mm-hmm. the one thing we know he did mm-hmm. is get very very angry at people not do, not listening to his orders right. and having them killed right. for mm-hmm. it. And you know that is just not part of this game. You can you can replace the leaders and you can maybe squint and say, okay, I had them shot. But mm-hmm. That's it's not explicit, right? Um, and that rule by terror which was such a key component, mm-hmm. just, as you say, it's almost like rational Stalin. Right. Yes, exactly. It, it, you, you're not handicapped by the same, because the, the Germans are handicapped by the fact that, you know, Hitler changes his mind and all these people are sort of infighting. And the Russians don't have that. Not only that, but there's, I didn't see an option where I could force people to, st- to stand their ground. The troops are always retreating, Right. I mean, I, I mean, I could make them not retreat, but if there's no, it, it, when you put it, when you put the, the, um, when you put the, uh, onus on the, the Supreme commander to make these decisions, it, then the fact that you're also ordering these troops around seems weird. And, 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 you know, you're not, I mean, I guess, I guess the difference is nobody wants to be Hitler, right? Although I don't know why being Stalin is so much better, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. It, it's not, it just, it seems strange, yeah. uh, but uh, but but that's but that was a big disconnect. So so <clears throat> aside from that, you know, how how do you feel about um, because you know you have these you these political points or whatever that that you can spend to make decisions and sort of the the more the the more um, uh, the more drastic the, the changes from the historical scenario, the the more you know the more effort. It almost reminds me of that um, uh, Master of Orion when they when Master of Orion three when they were going to make it have these imperial focus points, right? You had to, it take it takes a lot of effort to try to change something that's got a historical sort of impetus to it. Um, and here the same thing, right? I mean, if you if you want to uh, stick your nose deep into something and tell you know at the beginning of the game and saying well, you know which which railway do you want to re- to um, to be- rebuild first? You know when you when you switch from from um, the uh narrow gauge to the to the wide gauge um and uh if you if you use points on that you're not going to be using other things and and it's just a it, it sort of sticks you in the muck um but i'm not sure how much that actually uh it, it does that seem historical to you? Like this, all this, there's all this infighting where you know this guy's not going to do this thing that I said. I, I didn't imagine the uh, the German army being quite so uh, overt in its um, in its uh, I don't know what you'd call it, sort of inattention to direct orders. And I know there are a lot of people that that uh, that didn't follow orders, but it, it this this seems in, in, a, in a, a very petty in a particular way. Yeah, I I actually thought on the German side, I I kind of appreciated that because a lot of the accounts I've read, and I'm by no means as familiar with the German side as the Soviet side, but from a lot of the accounts that I've read, like that was, you know, navigating this Librenthine mess um, of interfighting and interdepartmental arguments was a big deal for a, a lot of folks on the German side. Um, so I, I, I didn't mind that. I, I got to say I did mind it on the Soviet mm-hmm. side because th- that is – so I'm assuming that that is, that, you know, that is historically within the bounds. 
On the Soviet side, it most certainly isn't. And that's, you know, this idea that you've got a certain number of political points and you're spending them as Stalin to bring reinforcements in or replace somebody in command or change a posture, that is absolutely ahistorically not correct. Right. You know, the, 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 the problem the Soviets had was actually is too much control. Like, like the, the one thing you can't accuse Stavka and uh, the su- Soviet Supreme High Command and Stalin of is not paying enough attention to detail. In fact, it was you know, quite the opposite because right. they are uh, absolutely have to have control over every single thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they are making every decision here. Um, and I think this idea of where you get to pick one or another to you know, use political points, which is persuasion, that's just not the case in the Soviet Union at that time. That is, you know, you you do what I say or you die. Right. No. Sure. Yeah. And and I guess I guess in my 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 comment about the Germans is not so much and yes there was there's a huge amount of political infighting and, and that's that's the one of the things about you know people and and Troy I think you've actually written about this in the past that you know this idea of the you know the German war machine the Nazis being this incredibly uh, you know, efficient sort of, you know, power is, is ludicrous, right? They were, they were comp- very inefficient because there were all these people who were trying to protect their own sort of portfolios and get, you know, you know, get ingratiate themselves with the Fuhrer. And, you know, they weren't, they weren't uh, beyond, you know, sabotaging each other. Um, but uh, I, I feel like that in the, that, that was a very much a, a, um, uh, a more there was a high, high, high level economic yes. industrial. Yes, uh, exactly. Fiefdoms. Right, right. It, I mean, at the military level, I mean, I do wonder, you know, how, why couldn't Halder, you know, force the guy to send him trucks? Right. And where are these trucks being sent? Right. I mean, this game deals with, you know, it's just one part of you know, the Eastern Front. It deals with, you know, Ukraine, Crimea primarily. Right. Um, so maybe the trucks are all somewhere else. Yeah. Maybe there's a priority thing that's happening off map, and that's what it's about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there is... I don't know enough with the German high command to know whether you would have the petty backbiting uh, over, you know, supplies and priorities and uh, okay, you'll be you'll get minor orders every few turns mm-hmm. or so, right. I guess. And that directs you because your the political points you accumulate are based on how you achieve your major goals and your minor goals, which are right. refreshed uh, every now and then. Yeah. Um, and they can be undermined. And I, but I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure how. I, but it wouldn't surprise me if this was actually what's going on at the German High Command. I mean, I'm, I, I'm sure the VR designs guys probably have. Is there maybe of a bibliography? I mean, every every war game should have a bibliography. Yeah, I, I, uh, well, I definitely agree with that. Um, so I, I, it's a, certainly a, a a valid question. I mean, I'm disappointed that. The rules are so different for the Soviet mm-hmm. and the German side. I mean, I think it would be much more interesting to have both of them playing by the same sets of rules. Right. You have, you know, to be Zukov instead of being Stalin. Right. And I feel like, you know, in the, the, the thing you were mentioning about the, you know, the, this guy's not going to send you, I get this, I just get this vibe. He's not going to send you the trucks. I get this, I get this picture of, you know, every time I, uh, you know, somebody tells me that I'm not, you know, that, that sorry, we can't, uh, you know, we can't fulfill your request for the, you know, the extra, extra artillery. I'm like, Hogan, you know, it just, <laughs> I, I, I just, I just feel so like, it's just like, it's like, you know, it's like a comedy, right? It's just like, oh God, I can't, okay, fine. I mean, I feel like I think Rod that when when in, in your game there was more of a it it was very much a higher level thing where you needed to support certain things 
to, uh, you know, it, if your sort of larger outcomes didn't pan out, then you were in trouble. But the, but the idea that, you know, you were going to somehow uh, decide that this guy or that guy is not going to send you, you know, another, you know, 50 trucks, it just, it seems very petty. And there, there's even points in here in the game where, you know, you say um, there's no, uh, you know, this decision is beneath you, delegate it out, right? I mean, a lot of these things really should be delegated out and doesn't see, you know, once you decide, okay, we're going to attack um, this, um, you know, along this axis, then then you should be able to get what you want as long as, you know, you're following whatever orders. Now, I, I do, there's a whole bunch of stuff. I, I, and I, I do understand uh, that, for example, when uh, Hitler changed his priorities to, uh, you know, after the, you know, uh, the halt at Smolensk, and uh, they they initially said, you know, let's let's uh, you know let's try to capture Leningrad, and they started transferring units to you know the Lenin. But there was there was very little, there was not much offensive t- action taken on the Leningrad front, um, and then they decided, okay, we're going to swing around, you know, Kiev and all that kind of thing. Um, so yes, there there were a lot of decisions that were made that you know had more or less uh, sort of follow through, I guess I'd, you'd put it. But I'm not sure how this reflects that. I don't feel that this really does get at that point. Now, aside from that, so let's, you know, because this is this is kind of typical, you know, war game gearhead rivet counting, right? Well, this, this isn't really how Hitler did it, right? I mean, it's like, okay, <laughs> right, fine, all right, whatever. I don't want to, you know, let's not get too deep in the weeds here. But oh, so from a game standpoint, let's say we're just, we're playing a game with some interesting decisions to make. What do you think about that? So I... um I actually thought there were too many decisions that I was making. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we leave the subject, because I think it's really important and it, it, is, it, it is part of what makes this game so special mm-hmm. and worth attending mm-hmm. to, is I think that the designers used that political system to shine a light on areas of World War II warfare that they felt had been underrepresented. Mm-hmm. So... If you, if, if you buy that, then all of a sudden the transport stuff, although it may seem petty, there is, there's an argument, argument to be made. That I, I actually read a book. Um, it's by Stackpole Publishing. Mm-hmm. Right? It's called um, uh, Wehrmacht um, Mechanized Juggernaut, okay. which is all about how, um, uh, how people managed horses in the German army in World War II hmm. because horses were and remained all the way through till the end of 1944, the primary method of transport within the German army. And so, you know, th- this idea of, you know, you get these pictures of little half tracks and SDKFCs like going across like the plane, like not normal, like actually it's horses and horse management. Right. And it goes into how they got all the grain and how different they took different axes to make sure that the horses were going to be okay. So it, it's a fascinating subject. So I really appreciate the fact that the, the designers here tried to touch on that, saying trucks are valuable and where you're going to be placing them is super important. Mm-hmm. So I liked, I liked that. But that said, I do think that for me, the, the decision space was actually a little bit too wide mm-hmm. for me. Okay. So I had this basically special events on the top with political points, which I really enjoyed. And then I had almost a war in the East level detail. Mm-hmm. And it was the amount of units really. more than Yeah. Like, you know, when I hit the end of term, like, oh, okay, I've literally got to now hand check like 80, 100 units right. and move them around. Like that's, it's kind of a lot. And, it, and 
And that's why, in my mind, it kept surfacing of like, and this doesn't seem appropriate either. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm Stalin or even Holder, like, I should not be saying, okay, Division Commander A, send this subdivision of your unit right. around the back to get a mm-hmm. flanking attack. Yeah. Like, that's just not an appropriate decision. Right. So I kind of wish they would have pulled back on the detail elsewhere. I think it's a good war game. Um, I think it's one of those war games that um, uh, is a click too far. Mm-hmm. And I, I I find myself booting up a lot of turn-based strategy war games, and I love them. And then I'm like, oh, really? I got to... You know, I really enjoyed that tactical decision, but now I've got to do it again 80 times this turn. Right. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, you, you kind of lost me. Like, could you have pruned it down a bit? Yeah. Um, so, anyway, those are my general thoughts. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you on that. I think that um, it, it goes even further than that, though, doesn't it? I mean, it, you have to, in order to get the combat system to work optimally for you, you really have to choose, okay, and and, and the the... You have to choose, okay, this is, I'm going to attack with this guy and this guy, but not that guy or that guy yet. And then, you know, and, and the way that the, the combat, the way the interface works where you have to hit A and then you start clicking on a list of units while you can't see them, that's a really big problem for me. I think the interface, I mean, I know that they've tried to go through and sort of revamp it, but, but I still feel like the interface to this game doesn't, doesn't adequately handle, I feel like the War in the East interface handles gives me a better set of tools to do what I need to do if you if you if you understand what I'm saying it does but I, I I'm in a timeout on being allowed to comment on other people's user interfaces okay. for a few years because I I've made world-class bad ones so I you know all right well let's let's have Troy Goodfellow who's not in any timeouts Troy Goodfellow what do you right. think yeah the, I mean the war game stuff, I mean, it, there, Rod's right. There are a lot of units and a lot of decisions. It does take you away from the real fun stuff that's going on that is the higher, bigger picture stuff. Mm-hmm. So you end, end up being dumped into, you know, command mode. But it's a war game, right? Yeah. So they want you to move the units around. Of course. You have to have that. Yeah. Otherwise. But yeah, the interface is such a mess. And there's just no reason for it to be so cumbersome. I mean, these are solved problems. Right. Moving units on a map is a solved problem. You don't need to come up with press A to do anything uh, in in this day and age. So, you know, seeing that, once you get the hang of it, it doesn't, it never really becomes second nature, but you kind of go along with it. Um, I, I mean, it's an, it's an interesting, as always, you know, it's a, it's a, it, they're always interesting tactical and strategic decisions because it's the war in the East. It's not going to be, you, you can't make it. You can make a bad war game about the war in the East. I don't think you can make a boring war game about the war in the East. Uh, you can, uh, yeah, you uh, can. Okay. What's what's their who's their who's what's their name? Uh, the purple cows or sundered cow or whatever. That 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 that's that's what that's terrible. Oh my god, that's so bad. But anyway, but besides <laughs> that one, uh, but yeah, yeah, because they're they're interesting decisions, and you know, in dealing with. Having you know the new objectives come in regularly—that's an interesting. It, those poses new interesting problems that you need to solve. You're running out of political points. Now you've got to go for this minor order to get them back. Um, you know, keeping your job is the important thing. So the tactical level does tie into the higher level, but it would be nicer if there was a lot less tactical stuff in a way. If there could be like larger plant, not not larger army groups, but you know, give give general orders to uh, create battle plans, for example, send this army in this direction instead of 
move this artillery unit here and have it fire, and then once you've done all your fire barrages, then sending the dive bombers and all of this micromanaging, I think, does distract from what I think is the real beauty of the game, which is introducing the political into the success of the war, making it more about more than just, you know, the clash of arms stuff. Right. No, I think that the, the you know, there's there's a game that could have been made here. And, and I, once again, I hate doing this. Well, if I'd made the game, you know, I would have done this and this because you have to you sort of have to deal with the game that you've been given. Right. But and, 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 it, and it's not a bad game. No, a lot no, it's of, not. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Um, but having said that, I feel like there is, you know, there's a possibility to make a game where you sort of <clears throat> where you really abstract out a lot of the micromanagement and say, OK, if I'm if I'm really appointing this guy to lead, you know, this panzer group, then. It just go lead the Panzer Group. Go there, right? Go, go take Smolensk now. You need to take Smolensk, and then when he doesn't, then you say, "Okay, you're fired," right? Um, but, but to then have to basically, you're you're almost the, you know, to then do the combat for him is 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 weird. Um, it just doesn't. It is. I I I almost wish that that game, because it would have been less work for these guys. And and it is a great game, and and you know people should buy it just because it's worth criticism in the best possible sense of the word because it's interesting. But I almost wish that is the game that they've made, which is you know remove all of the tactical UI, mm-hmm. and in fact you're clicking on that headquarters unit, and you're saying, hey, you know, General X, go mm-hmm. take Smolensk, right? And you direct them there, and then you get to watch how they handle it and you know all the ai is there it's working like i've played against both sides i know it works right right it would be great to watch your guys do that and you're like wow i can't believe he flanked with that that's awesome right or he messed it up okay he's gone and then you replace it and you pat yourself on the head for making a good replacement or you happen to notice one general's really good at defense and so you pull him out of the line where you're going to do a counterattack, and you put him somewhere else like that could be fascinating, and I think a lot less work for the developers, ironically. Um, but because that detail's in there, I, I think they felt they had to keep it. Yeah, I mean, it would be it's a it's a it's a weird market, right? I mean, how many people are going to you know the, the type of player that wants to play these type of games wants to they want to move the guys and sh- you know shoot the guys and you know they, they, that's what they want to do. And so I think you very much limit your I, I don't think that I don't know if the computer war game market is ready for that. I think that the board war game market clearly is um, and it's being done, um, you know, with various I mean, things like the fact that games like Churchill exist, um, I think clearly shows that people have a lot. But <clears throat> then you have a, have a completely a very much a different audience in which that's an audience that really likes abstraction and likes the different ways in which you can do abstraction. And the people that like to click on all of the units and, you know, say, okay, this guy's got 10 Panzer three J's, but only, you know, five Panzer three, you know, H's. Right. And that group of people is different from the people that are playing board games and i mean i i've i have to say that i've evolved over time i think that i mean i've always played board games but i was there was a time when i was much more forgiving i guess i don't know if that's the word i want to use but i i was i was much more ready to do this you know where you'd say okay i'm going to 
click on this guy and ooh, I can get two extra attack factors. If I unclick that one and then click on all these, right? I, I do to, to get two extra attack factors that if they mattered, I'd be willing to do 20 mouse clicks. Um, and I'm not sure I'm ready to do that anymore. I mean, I feel like I'm just sort of, you know, I'd, I'd much rather be doing that with somebody, you know, on the other side of the table where I was talking to them, but that's, that's you know, that's, that's a different, um, I mean, that's a different argument, but, but I, the, no, it's, go ahead. I, actually, it's a, it's a really interesting point because what you're saying is resonating with me. And I, I, I guess my broader question is, is that just this form of art or entertainment or whatever you want to call it of consim wargaming is our, our general tastes changing? Are we actually evolving? Uh, or is it just a personal taste because what you said resonates with me? Is it just those of us who are being at it for a few decades are kind of done with that? Um, I'd like to think it's the former. I'd like to think that there's this actual progress within the hobby rather than, you know, that the old school hex encounter stuff can be marvelous to play, mm -hmm. but after a while you start to pattern recognize all of the decisions you're right. making and say, okay, well, maybe I'm not willing to go through 20 clicks, as you say, right. to get my concentric attack right. anymore. And I mean, and, and I don't, and I also don't want it to sound like, you know, I'm, I'm denigrating people who do. I just feel like, like there's, for me, I feel that I've gone, I've, I can see the evolution that I've gone through. I mean, I've, I remember a time when I would sit down and just, you know, all afternoon, I'd be like, okay, how do I get, you know, the, you know, sixth panzer division to hex 3412, right? How do I do that? I know there's a way to do it. Uh, if, cause I, you know, I think of like, oh, if I can get, get rid of that hex, then I can unhinge the entire Soviet position. I just sit there and go, ah, that doesn't work that way. doesn't work that way. Oh, I see. I've got to get, I've got to knock this guy out with these infantry divisions. And then I move him and, you know, it's, it's sort of this puzzle solving. It's in this, it was fun. And I don't, I don't get that same, uh, that same satisfaction out of that anymore. Um, but that's just me, you know, I, and I don't, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to belabor that point, but I think it's something that you have to think about, you know, if the people who are listening to this, uh, to the podcast, think about what they are looking for in a game. And it's always, it's always interesting to me to, to hear what people are looking for, because people could be looking for very, very different things. And I'm, I was looking for a game in which um, the designers sort of followed through on their basic point because they seem to have a point, which was that the political relationships of the various characters in this historical drama had a, you know, had a really significant outcome on the final result of the campaign. And they seem to undermine that by saying, well, they had this all this, you know, they all this all this impact. But what the real impact is, if you can just get, you know, Ninth Army to just encircle these guys and just keep clicking until you get it, that's what really matters. And I feel it's that's it's sort of schizophrenic in that sense. Um, so, so I, I keep I keep coming back to this um, because I I feel like this game does stuff that no other war game that I know, except for of course, I mean, Rod, you are quite for I think further ahead in sort of a the philosophy sense that. You know, you have there. There are things that are be decisions that are being made that really don't have a lot to do with war. They have to do with your own personal interests. Here, it's still kind of being made. The decisions are being made about war because the decisions that you're making are much more tuned towards, uh, you know, what you can uh, what you can achieve and what you can't. And how how you are going to achieve that because the decisions you're making are also part of your overall strategy. I yeah, I th I think it's 
I mean, the, w- the way you're speaking about it, and I, I thought you articulated it very well, but it helped clarify what I'm looking for, which is I like appropriateness of decision-making. Mm-hmm. So, so if I'm going to be thinking about encircling Kharkov and getting my right unit in the right place, then, gosh darn it, I want the game to be you know, me as divisional commander. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm getting placed, I'm getting sent from location to location, and I deploy my troops and I fight the battles, and maybe they can grow or get worse or get equipment revamps, and maybe I'm arguing for more time out of the line with Holder. Mm-hmm. Like, appropriate decision-making. Or, you know, at a closer level, if I'm leading a platoon going into Kharkov, again, great, great stuff. Or if I'm at the top level and I'm a Holder, then I need to be telling people, go take Kharkov. But I think it's that mix when you when you stretch the decision making clearly beyond the boundaries of any conceivable role, uh, then you you miss the opportunity for a meaningful decision of a particular character because you're on one hand you're saying that, but on the other hand you're saying, but clearly you're also you know the spirit of the entire military political complex of one side, which is. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I think appropriate is what I'm looking for after after what you said, which makes a lot of sense to me. Troy, what do you what do you think about the the that I think we've <clears throat> I haven't I haven't heard you quite address the address the point here. I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean i i I like this game. I haven't played as much as you guys have. It's been really. Uh, crazy month for me. Uh, but when mm-hmm. I have played it, I, I'm really just so tickled by the prospect of what it's trying. Um, and maybe I give, I've always been one of these guys who gives too much credit for, you know, trying something new. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a game that does try, it, yeah, it's tied to a lot of really old, not tired, but tried and true uh, mm-hmm. war game design ideas, uh, mm-hmm. except for the interface, which is tried and just found wanting. It's it's just it's really it's really really bad. I mean, just I I having to click out of an attack window to go to then go back into another attack window. I can't just be in an attack mode where I start select. It's just I I it, it it's shocking to me that it's this bad. But that's okay. It, that's it, fine. I mean, it's I yeah, understand. It has been weighed and found wanting. Uh, yeah, to use a biblical quote. Uh, yeah. But the I I. I'm, I'm with Ra that you know, appropriate decision making is the way we do it. I mean, this is kind of what we're all talking about, right? Talking about how mm-hmm. you know holders sure, shouldn't sure. be making all these little weenie decisions. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is part of this general game design idea where you are the player is kind of an emperor where they get to control mm-hmm. everything. And something right. I think has you know infected a lot of strategy and design for a very long time, which I think. One reason why we on the show like to talk about games that take control out of your hands, and then how do you deal right. with that? And that's something I think mm-hmm. we've, we've talked about sure. for a very long time in the show. And I think I'm kind of, you know, with both of you and saying, you know, wouldn't it be nice if uh, there was you would make a decision, or you could you could if, if delegating authority actually delegated authority, if you know. Um, you, you made the point about appointments don't really do anything because you end up doing the job anyway. But you know this ties into our old chat about leadership. You know what what is a leader? I mean, the leader just ends up being a bunch of numbers uh, instead of actually 
your political decision just comes down to buffing units, more or less, uh, bringing in a buff. Uh, but I, I really do like the, the. I love the game's conceit, and I wish there was. I wish they would. I wish they would have embraced their conceit even more. There is a lot. I mean, I mean, Rod said this is a good game for criticism, and he's right. There's a lot of good criticism that could be written here. I mean, what does it mean to, as you said, Bruce? What does it mean to go all in with Hitler? I, I agree with mm-hmm. all of his decisions. What does that mean from mm-hmm. a right. philosophical perspective, from a game design right. perspective? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. There's no hint that. I mean. I, I haven't played too deep into the game. I mean, one thing I liked about uh, Stuff OKH Rod is, you know, there's no illusion that there aren't civilian casualties in your game. I mean, yeah. there, there, there are civilian casualties and they are measured and they are numbered as well as military casualties. And even in your game, it's a series of, of decisions you're making. You, you could get, you could be executed for war crimes at the end of your game. Um, or you can kill all of these people and the Nazis win, and you end up succeeding Hitler at the head of this monster regime, um, which I think is terrifying but interesting. And you know, this game has all of these leadership decisions, and they're not saying that doesn't humanize uh, the Nazis by any means. Uh, but is there any attempt later into the game to actually grapple with the monstrosity of first both of these regimes and of the war in the East, because this is a type of conceit that would allow you to deal with that. Uh, where a traditional war game, where it is, you know, lining up your Panzers and your T-34s to seeing which one wins, you know, you introduce that sort of stuff and it ends up distracting from what the game is about, which is tanks going boom. But once you introduce a political level, you can actually start to grapple with some of the horrible things uh, in this war. And maybe it's not fun, but you're asking me to play Stalin and you're asking me whether I'm all in with Hitler. Um, so is there, an, is there an effort anywhere in this game to take advantage of the opportunities that a political approach to war fighting offers? I, I think that there's a, there's a nod to it on the German side. There's something right. about yeah, uh, aligning yourself with certain. Oh, it, isn't it helping the? Um, uh, isn't it allowing the SS like free roam or something within? Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so I think there's an attempt which um, which I appreciated. Um, yeah, as you said with with Stavka OKH, I, I got to the point where um, I thought it was unavoidable that I had to address. The genocides head on mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. right. Nazi side and the Soviet side, and you know, you know, full disclosure, I literally was openly weeping when I programmed bits of that game because it was just horrific. You know, you're, you're doing these little bar charts of thousands of people dying per day in a location, which, which is in the game, and I'm pushing this bar chart up, and all of a sudden you get these spikes in various places, like obviously um, Eastern Poland. Um, but then also in the Crimea and then in Volga, uh, as Stalin's having Volga Germans killed. And it's like, wow, like you know, literally I'm, I'm crying as I'm programming this thing. And I, and I feel that this game kind of had a nod to it, which is, again, I think they came to this political system and they're like, you know, great, we can finally at least acknowledge these 
issues. And I think on the German side, they acknowledge it, although they don't go particularly deep. It never gets uncomfortable, which is probably where it should be. Um, on the Soviet side, I didn't really see any kind of um, uh, acknowledgement of the genocides that are being committed by Stalin. I mean, I didn't, but, I didn't but, see that. But then, but then, then you are Stalin, so you can tell yourself you're not killing anybody. Yeah, but he's like yeah. deliberately. Yeah. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't kidding anybody. He wasn't kidding anybody. He knew exactly yeah, why I mean, he was actually shot. signing individual death lists right. at this oh, yeah. point. And, and but but but, yeah. but I mean, in this game, you're playing Stalin, so you can decide. How nice you are. You can, you know, I, yeah. Right, but you, yeah, you, you don't have a choice to. But, I mean, you, but, but the point yeah. is that you, you can only be nice, Stalin, yeah. right? Like, like, yeah. like I think Rod yeah. said, you can be rational, Stalin. Yeah. Which you know, it's it just doesn't. It's a kind of like you know, oh, it's you know, oh, it's rational Hitler, right? It's 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 nice Hitler. It just doesn't doesn't really make any historical sense. Yeah. But <clears throat> I mean, I wonder if we're just asking things in war games to be uh, a little more uh, sophisticated than. Um, cause I mean, there is, <clears throat> there is an element. We had this, we had this, uh, we had the show before, didn't we, Troy? We had about a show about, you know, the sort of the idea of, you know, what do we, what do we sort of make peace with in, in yeah. our, in our, um, yeah. in our war games to, to, in order to be able to play them. Weird. Yeah. And this yeah. is, this is something that we're dealing with paradox, right? We're making hearts of iron four and there's no, there's no Holocaust. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've got there's, to. There's, and there's never been a Holocaust in, in, in a strategy game or war game or World War II, partly because I think the admission is it is not something we know how to do well. Uh, it is something that requires a great amount of tact um, and skill and to do both to do justice of it and to not make the player think, hey, the Holocaust is a winning strategy. Right, right. Yeah, you can't have it. Yeah, exactly. Because the co the consequences of that would be horrific. I mean, the idea that, oh, you know, oh, well, maybe we should just kill more Jews, right? I mean, they can't, they can't have, that's just, it, it's interesting how <clears throat> once you, once you take a, a war game to the level that we're taking it here, we're starting to talk about all sorts of other things that, uh, you know, we, we, we maybe don't want to talk about, but I mean, it's, it's fascinating that, um, that, that this can, it, it's great. I think, I think VR designs, uh, Victor Reichers, um, designs has really gotten us to this point. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm, this is a game uh, that invites that sort of discussion because it does sure. have that. And it, I'm not saying I expect this in our war games. Um, but you know, it's, it's sometimes it's nice to see the, 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 the possibility space open in game design. Uh, and this maybe opens up a possibility space in the hands of a talented, careful, cautious designer. Uh, or maybe this is as far as we go. Maybe this is, you know, the Rubicon. You know, we can model the petty fights over how much gasoline my guys mm -hmm. get. Um, right. Which is, you know, is is interesting and is valuable both historically and as as, as valuable as a game design concept and as valuable for historical insight. Uh, you know, so, so that army supply depends on personalities as well as how far am I from a supply hub marked on the map. Um, so I, I really do like the the thoughts that this game has opened me. I mean, I, like I've told Bruce before the show, I've probably started and stopped this game more than I've played all the way through, uh, mostly because you get tired going through. Um, and just so much of the fun is, you know, seeing the setup and, you know, what, what is my, what does my high command look like this time? Uh, who, who, who hates me now? Let's see how, how, see how much I can piss him off. Let's see how far I can get without his support. 
all of these little mini political games that I think are the real fun, neat part of uh, of this. And I would be, like I said, I'm really disappointed that the Soviet and German sides are such different experiences, uh, structurally. I mean, they're going to be different experiences strategically and tactically, of course, but that structurally within the game, they're just so different from each other. And that's a bit of a letdown. So I think seeing the high command pressures the Soviet side would be more interesting than being, you know, mad warlord uh, Stalin. Yeah. So one one thing I, I, I think I ought, I ought to mention, because um, I do like this game uh, for, for all of the uh, discussion. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think we all like this game. I think that's, I think that's why we're talking about it so yeah, severely. It's yeah. because we want, we, we, can, we, can see, we can see the greatness. It's almost like me and coin. Through. Like I, I, I continually bash coin the board game series from gnt mm-hmm, but the, system, re- yeah. the reason is is i like it so much and it, it brings up yeah. questions yeah. and i think that the one thing i haven't touched on here is the actual base war game war game so taking out the political like the actual base hex encounter barbarossa war game mm-hmm. it's actually pretty good like the ai in particular the results like it actually works yeah it's got user interface problems and yeah it's a click too far but nevertheless mm-hmm. like if if that was all this game was I'd still have a pretty good time. Like, like the, the, mm-hmm. this is not a, a you know some throwaway hex encounter war game. It's a, it's actually pretty pretty well balanced under the under the hood. Um, I think it's because that they put in this extra stuff that clearly all of a sudden as a user you get the glimpse of the sunlit uplands. You're like, oh wow, I want more of that. You know, right, that's great. Right, but it's that basic, that do, yeah. yeah, a game that does something. The game that does something really ambitious and might fail, but you think, oh, well, now we can do that. Why didn't you just do that? Right. So it's, yeah, but I agree with you. I really, I mean, I enjoyed my time with, with the game and, and, and for anyone who's, you know, <clears throat> if you're, if you happen to be uh, listening to this podcast and, uh, you know, wondering whether you should get the game and you haven't read all the other reviews and, you know, which have been pretty positive, I think, um, just you know, go ahead, play the play the game. You can you can you can actually even and this is this this is funny. This bothers me actually too. You can actually take the whole political thing out of the game, can't you? Pretty much. Yeah, you you, you can disable that. Yeah, which which to me and I, I think I, I share my feeling with uh, with with my friend and colleague Tom Chick, which is that if you're going to design a game, design the game, right? This is you've designed a game that says this is how this is how I see this, and then just to say. Oh well, you know what? But but if you don't want to play with the with the with the political part, you know, it just I mean, the game can just be your own, you know, hex encounter game without any of that stuff. It sort of undermines your idea that it matters, right? What do you think, Rod? Yeah, no, I uh I agree, but I have tremendous sympathy for the folks who are designing it who are like, "Hey, you know, it's it's a few lines of code for us to right. Sure. Put that option in. Oh, so more I know exactly why they did that. I know exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 like uh, what was that game? It's a game that came out. Uh, it was a. It was from. I think it was from Western Civ. Um, oh, the Napoleon game. Uh, there, well, the Napoleon. Crown of yeah, Glory. The Crown of Glory. Yes, but and at, but even after that came out uh, an American Civil War game. I think, and that game you could almost. I I feel like literally you could almost turn off any rule you didn't like. Like there was like a just option, you know, like a like a control panel thing, and you say, ah, oh, I don't like, you know, the cavalry this, and I don't like this supply, and it, it just, so it's just like, well, here are a bunch of rules, we put them in this game for you, and then just turn off the ones you don't like. So uh, it, that's to me that I feel like like that's not really making a decision and not presenting because I feel like I feel like 
with board games, for example, you are forced to take a position and have sort of a thesis about something. This is how this works, right? And with computer games where you have a bunch of optional rules, you can basically just say, ah, well, you know, this is, I, this might work like this or might not. I don't care here. Go, go for it. So I, but I, I totally understand why they did it. And I understand, I understand why they did it in the Civil War game. I understand why uh, VR designs did this because you have, you know, the, the, um, the computer war game market is a very finicky bunch and they're going to complain about this and complain about that. And it's easier to just say, okay, well, if you don't like that, then don't do it. I, I, from a, from a commercial standpoint, I completely understand from a, from an aesthetic sort of design standpoint, I, I, it, it hurts me, but what are you going to do? And I also highly recommend their, their blog, vrdesigns.nl, where okay. they, where they go down through a lot of the metrics of who's playing the game and how they're playing it. Um, it's actually kind of fun. For example, I guess eighty-five percent of the time, people play people play as the Germans. Wow, wow! Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Wow, that's I'm not surprised. <laughs> I don't know what to think about that. And 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 and, thir- and thirteen percent of the games are, are, are played by email, huh? which is much higher than I would have expected. Well, wow, that is surprising because that is the first time I've ever heard of play by email numbers being that big for any war game. That's stunning. Yeah, I, huh. I, I, I would bet that it's similar for um, War in the East. When I see, well, I don't know, but I see that I see things on their forums about you know all these people are are talking about they, they, everybody's posting uh, reports from their email games, and I feel like the I feel like the group of people that that uh, war gamers who are this hardcore share something with hardcore first person shooter people who that they're just not satisfied playing against bots and there's a group of people who really want to play against the best players and uh you know they can be you know people post these uh what do you call it the the after action reports and they're just legendary right i mean this guy's playing this guy and people are like ooh, what's he gonna do um you know it's very uh it's very um very much a a personalized it's a it's a it's a it's a different kind of it's a different kind of hobby up up here in the uh, in the stratosphere of of clickland. I, I love uh, the um, I, I love that change in the hobby. Not not just the player versus player, mm-hmm. but I love the fact that and it's a broader trend amongst board games and computer games. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that the the players or you know it's the equivalent of actors performing a Shakespearean play. Like mm-hmm. you know you 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 already know how this play ends. You already right. know how the game is going to play. Mm-hmm. You're tuning in to watch a performance by a certain player. Yeah. And and boy, there war games have just benefited so much by it's 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 the way I watch TV is I tune on to YouTube and I watch a board game replay or a computer game replay. And it is so enjoyable to see somebody play it in a very different way that is uniquely theirs. Um so yeah. I, I was I'm in violent agreement with you. <laughs> good. good well um i think we should wrap up here yeah. any f- last words um buy the game and, yeah, and check it out definitely. i think that it's i think you definitely i think this is definitely a game that uh if you are into computer war games if you haven't if you don't play it you're kind of doing yourself a disservice i think what what the, your reaction to it may be this that or the other thing but but uh, you really kind of need to play this game and and decide 
uh, and and see what uh, you know what computer game design has gotten to, and 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 what what a you know I think a, a, a talented uh, design team uh, can come up with, and and you know how you experience it is up to you, but I I, I would not pass on this one. Yeah, I yeah, I, I I agree with that. I I um I enjoyed it tremendously. It's a good solid war game. Um, a way of reducing the click burden is to play one of the scenarios, um, which we we didn't really talk yeah, about. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, but you know that that cuts it up. Um, and um, I really enjoyed my time, and and I even more enjoyed the fact that it was a war game that I played that made me want to talk about it and made me want to criticize it in an intelligent way. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a very high compliment to pay. Um, yeah. So kudos to them, and I I, I hope that folks will uh, will check it out. Uh, me too. So this has been yet another entry in our winter of wargaming, which hasn't had a whole lot of entries for a number of reasons, so we apologize for that. But we do have certainly more shows coming up. A uh, reminder that you can support us on Patreon with patreon.com 3MA. Uh, the money goes to help Rob pay for rent and food <laughs> uh, and help Michael be awesome with the editing. Uh, we will have more shows coming up for you, of course, later this year. Uh, we have a Great packed schedule coming up with some really interesting titles and some really interesting guests. Rod, so glad we finally had you on. Yes, thank you, Rod, so much. Thank you so much. No, thank you. It's a pleasure to talk with you both again. Hopefully we'll do do it again soon. It was great. I would like that very much. Excellent. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Hogan!